Hello, and welcome to 10 Very Big Books. I am your host, Joshua Baker. I am joined today, as always, by my friend and one of my closest confidants, India Jones. Hello, good morning, Josh and everyone. Hi, India. Here as well is our editor, AJ Fillery. How are the levels and some bars? They're fine. It's pronounced Fillery. Fillery. Yeah, that's what I said. And last but not least, <laughs> you may as well call him plastic glue the way this kid bonds. That's right, it's Peter <laughs> Bond. Talk about wow. plastic glue. Yep. Yeah, that's me. Hey, what's going on, baby? It's the new year, uh, and you cut me off last time, but I'm making a prediction. 2022, humanity's best year yet. Maybe. <laughs> not confident, but loving yeah. your optimism. T- 10 Very Big Books does not endorse this viewpoint. <laughs> that is my lone <laughs> viewpoint, and I will say it's important to get the maybe in there. Just throwing it out there. I you think know. maybe is a very safe inclusion. The year with the most twos since 1222. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. That is, that's, <laughs> that's true. Yeah, so it really makes you think, you know? That really makes <laughs> really you think. does. What if you really had three twos? <laughs> um, and 1222 is a great year from my memory. I mean, not for many people. <laughs> there were many people I'm sure it wasn't good for. Yeah. I don't really but know what like, was going on at that time. Were there dinosaurs? Huh. No. No, no, no dinosaurs, but um, I, I couldn't tell you exactly what was going on, but I'm going to imagine there was very few elite people living in and uh, oppressing a large amount of uh, feudal yeah. peasants yeah, pretty spot across on. the pretty, world. Pretty spot on there. It sounds pretty If accurate. you could imagine a society that imbalanced. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, I'm looking, I'm looking up to all 22. <laughs> yeah, no dinosaurs, huh? Any big, any big events that year, India? Yeah, there actually was the Golden Bull of 1222, um, which was a charter granted by King Andrew II of Hungary, which stated the basic rights and privileges of Hungarian nobility and clergymen and the limits of monarchs' powers. Wow. Interesting. And, uh, you know, in Asia, the Gurid dynasty capital of Frizak, uh, modern day Afghanistan, <laughs> is destroyed by the Mongol emperor, Okan Khan. <laughs> and in Mesoamerica, oh, you know what? I can't say any of those words correctly. Uh, I'm also on the Wikipedia, Pete, so. I, I don't know if you saw, um, on March 10th, John Sverkson, king of Sweden, dies. <laughs> so. <laughs> you hate to see it. <laughs> yeah, on June 23rd, Constance of Aragon, the Holy Roman Empress, Queen Consort of Hungary dies. That's that insane. Some, this is some good audio. Did Honestly, anyone hear about the Cyprus earthquake? <laughs> <laughs> in May 11th, who has in India? <laughs> that was a pretty wild. The Danish failed their, in their attempt to conquer the Sarimian island from the Estonians. What were the Danes doing in Estonia? That's not close. Also, wow. the six-year-old king, Eric Erikson, uh, became the king of Sweden. Pretty sick name now is his kid gonna be eric erickson no he's just eric um, erickson's son exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay um, speaking of erickson's <laughs> nice so speaking of erickson's segue we need it all right today oh, guys i think i sorry hold on really quickly hold on that was a good segue but my eyeball like i think i cut my eyelid so i'm just gonna run to the bathroom oh my god okay. you cut your eyelid no, this is this is great news 
Hello, extended uh, community of our podcast. Uh, I have a problem, and that problem is I've recently gotten very into Warhammer 40k. Uh, if anyone wants to send me cool old minis that they don't need, uh, hit me up in Discord. I'll give you my Josh. address. I'll get a P.O. box. You cannot do this. You cannot. I need to practice my painting skills before I like commit to painting on the actual models I'm going to use. There are so many other places that you could buy minis cheaply. Right, it's but I, you know, so you know, some of our listeners bought a box when they were sure. 16 and. It's like just sitting somewhere. Yeah. Josh, it's funny you say this. I actually once tried to do the reverse of this. I had a book I was trying to get rid of. And on the show, I was like, oh, I think on the Patreon, maybe I was like, does anyone want this book? If anyone <laughs> wants it, I'll mail it to them. It's just sitting <laughs> in my house. And I'm trying to get rid of this fucking book. Oh, India. India has brought her cat. The cat has returned with one India Jones. All right, (laughs) let's get into this. Today on the pod, we are discussing chapters 19 and 20. Woo! 19, 20, baby. Well, before we get into it, what we think, y'all? I thought I had a good time. Yeah, pretty good. I texted you. I think these chapters are great. I had a great time. So yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, 19 really got me. I thought it was fantastic. But let's get into it. I'm surprised that you 19 was the one that, that you're really into. Oh, yeah. 19 really 19 got me. 19, I fully agree with Josh. Really? Yeah. I feel like 20 starts off, and I was already, like, screaming at my book. Oh, well, that's pretty but, good, Listen, too. both are Let, good, but... Let's yeah. get into it, though. Let's, okay. let's get into this. Here is chapter 19. Chapter 19. Saren reflects on relationships and decides she's better off alone, and it's better that Troll is dead. Fear is upset at her for not accepting Troll's true intentions. Udinas thinks about the brothers born of Mother Dark and what caused the rift between mother and sons. Udinas describes the factions forming in their small group. Saren probes for answers about the strange warren they find themselves in, learning that Clip and Ruin hide secrets even still. He reveals to the group that they are being tracked by Menandere and hints at the terrible things waiting for them at Journey's End to Saren. Udinas argues philosophy with Ruin and Clip, and the former slave's points hint at knowledge that should not be known to mortals. Saren enters Udinas's mind while he dreams, and sees him talking with the Feather Witch. The High Priestess of the Eret tries to lure Udinas with promises of power and revenge, but Udinas explains that he's above such petty concerns now. The dream ends as Udinas turns on Saren in his mind, and she wakes to find him choking her. He threatens to kill her if she ever invades his mind again. After a scuffle and argument in the group, Udinas orders Ruin to bring the light back, revealing he understands even more of their situation than should be possible. Saren and Udinas' relationship may be forever severed. Then it's Sathet, indebted to Rautos Hivenar and now revealed as the continent's foremost assassin, speaks with Orban Truthfinder following a night of rioting in Drenne. The state of the Empire of Lether is more dire than many know. Without quick intervention, chaos will ensue. Venda explains what must happen for the Factor to regain control of the city, and implies that the Patriotists may have outlived their usefulness. The factions controlling the Empire continue to maneuver, to be the ones on top of the ashes. Leather's forces on the plains continue to hunt Red Mask's army, and they think the final battle is soon to come. 
Red Mask will stop at Kusan Tapi and make a final stand in the dried up lake. But ill omens in the form of cairns leave them wary of new enemies. Tok watches the all create an elevated battlefield for their army to fight from, leaving them without wagons or a way to escape. Red Mask, revealed to have killed the Elder before the previous battle, is haunted by his actions. He readies himself for battle, believing his guardians will pave the way to victory. All right. So uh, looking back, when when I was writing this description, I really did not, I really was struggling to realize there were only like really three like big sections of this chapter and really the biggest is this opening with uh mm. with the with the saren crew mm-hmm. um yeah okay <laughs> do you have a, do you well, have a comment I, I i don't want to totally disrail but i'm kind of interested in disrailing you you getting it going all right sure go for it i i guess this i i, I really like this section and i want to talk about the conflict more but I feel like I've really thought a lot about our conversations about Saren in the past and what we talked about in Midnight Tides. And I was just curious if her presence in this book and her reflecting on the events of that book. I don't know. I wonder if how you guys think about that stuff looking backwards. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I found it really kind of uh, upsetting <laughs> just because like... I don't know. We've gotten we've gotten her POV, you know, throughout this book. But I feel like this time there's it's just all like introspection and just like, here's how I feel about myself and the things that have happened to me. And I feel like it's really like she's not in a great place headspace wise. And it's just sad to read about, I think. I found this the most enjoyable Saren POV I've ever read. Enjoyable in what way? <laughs> in that I read it and didn't hate reading it, I mm. guess. I don't know why, but I found I felt like uh, a lot of a lot of what Saren has done in this books, in these books, it feels like is for a while, let others make decisions for her. And I really sure. liked that in this chapter, even if I did not agree with the decisions, she made a couple, which for her has not happened in a while. And I really mm. appreciated seeing her like actually be decisive for the first time in quite a while and I, I really like to see her starting to um to uh get into some arguments with people like she argued with fear she didn't back down from that um you know she's been arguing with Udinas, but everyone argues with Udinas. so <laughs> I, I appreciated her kind of just like sort of sticking up a little bit for herself and for Udinas later in the chapter india i really like saren and I think it's nice to see her pov of not being like this calm like i don't know i feel like she's usually I guess in the last book, she wasn't super calm. She had a lot of shit going on. But I just feel like it always reads very like, I don't know, like she never seems to be. Actually, she's been a sad girl for a while. I think maybe we're just realizing that Saren is not happy at all. And she's been sad. And it's just sad that she hasn't. Like, I agree with what you say, Josh, but I feel like it really hasn't changed. I feel like she's just kind of going through the motions of things. And in a reflection, she's like, damn. And kind of realizing that it's it is time to maybe take more control. Yeah, yeah. I think we're we've definitely seen a bit of a turning point for her in this chapter. Don't know if it's a good turning point or not, though. I want to follow up, I guess, more on. I'd be curious to specifically talk about some of the assault stuff 
if that's all right with you guys. I mean, I we obviously spent all that time in Midnight Tides talking about how we felt about that. And I guess some part of me, whilst I still remain largely frustrated with how this series kind of tackles sexual assault, I do find myself kind of engaged with her storyline and... Uh, and I, I was just curious how you guys thought about that. And I feel like I'd look back on that conversation and think about how I and think about Saren. And I was just curious if you guys felt any, any differently or there's just curious about kind of circling back on something we talked about in Midnight Tides. I, 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 I somewhat bring this up not only because obviously it, this is, I think, following up on that plot line is important to Saren's story in this book, but obviously is a part of kind of this scene, which we'll talk about more in a sec. But also, I think following up on Udonis's assault in Midnight Tides is also kind of a part of this scene in this book. So I guess I was just kind of curious about following up on that. If this works, I don't know. I know it's a heavy way to open it. I did. I, I personally, I did not think about it too much. The only context in which I really thought of it, Peter, was in her description of what she did to others. You know what I mean? I felt that was a little, that that seemed to be pretty important that she was like seeing herself as raping others. Like when she went into Udinas's mind, she used that language. And she I thought said, that, what? Yeah. I just had a little, I had a little line of, of speaking of that yeah, thought. Sure. Go for it. Uh, I surrender in order to demand, relinquish in order to rule. I invite the rape because the rapist is me and the body here is my weapon and you, my love, are my victim. Yeah, I, I mean, I, it, it really seems like she has taken some, like, I, I don't know, she's in some ways. But she, she, she even she even spoke in some way about with some of that similar language in the aftermath of her assault in Midnight Tides. I, we can move on to talking about the direct scene. I guess I just wanted to note that I've been thinking about it a lot and was curious if you guys have been thinking about it. What, what, yeah. what were you going to say? AJ? I, I, I just I, I, I this is like the first time we actually hear her talk about it since Midnight Tides. Uh, or like think about it, you know, um, mm. and that that line that I read, I think was was why I found this part so like really, really sad is just because the way that she views herself and her place in the world is like, I don't know, it's it's she she is like, I don't know, she views herself as a weapon, I guess. But in order to be that weapon, she feels like she needs to victimize herself, which just feels really shitty and bad, makes me upset for her. And I don't know, like we we had her do some reflecting on it in Midnight Tides, but I feel like outside of the like the aftermath of um oh god, what was his name? The the merchant that killed himself. Uh outside of his death um and the the immediate aftermath, we haven't really seen her like this low, I guess. Um or or at least like express that she is feeling this low. And so yeah, I don't know. It, it was it just very very upsetting and, and sad to me uh and when she's talking about fear uh like giving his whole soul to women she says we will not handle your soul like a precious fragile jewel no you fool we'll abuse it as if it was our own or indeed of lesser value than that if that is possible um and it's just like she really just has this like terrible self-image um mm -hmm. and has like broken herself down into thinking that she is just this like I don't know, basically like a stone to be thrown, you know, as a weapon, but like doesn't have any value other than that, um, which is just really, really, I don't know. It's just like profoundly sad to me. I agree. It's fairly sad. And as you're talking <laughs> about it, it's bumming me out. So, yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. That's I mean, my I, I think you do. I think you do a good job of articulating some of how she's yeah, feeling. Yeah, that was great, AJ. 
Um, yeah. And I guess that doesn't really speak to exactly how I'm thinking about the assault stuff. But I guess that I, that stuff didn't really cross my mind so much as just her being sad and feeling bad about herself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so thanks for a little derailing, Josh. I just wanted to check in on that a bit. So, of course, of course, India. Uh, we've known there were tensions in the group for a while. What What are the factions that you see in this group? Who do, Who do you think? Wh- which of the characters do you think have aligned themselves, and which ones are still kind of out there trying to figure out who's who they need to be with? Where Where do you see this the 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 chips falling right now? Yeah. You know, so understanding that they both they all started as just random people thrown together, which was kind of a shit show. I feel like coming in at number one, we're going to have Kettle and Wither. What are they even doing here? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I constantly forget Kettle's there. They've really faded in the background. Yeah, they bring mm-hmm. no drama. They just talk <laughs> shit on the low to each other. And... <laughs> Kettle's always like, why are they so pissed? And Withers like, it just, they just are. Um, so I think that they are our number one. They're the most solid. They're the most consistent. Um, we don't see them a lot. Maybe that's why. Mm-hmm. Then I'm gonna hit us over to Silchus Ruin and Clip. Mm. I've heard of them. Yeah. Then I feel like Fear and uh Saren are like, I don't know. If I had to if I had to assign the next group of friends, unless I would just leave Fear, Saren, and um, Udinas just on their own. I really feel like nobody is. See, that's that's where I was struggling, India, because before this chapter, I totally felt like Saren and Fear were on a side, and it was kind of like Udinas and Saren were almost also there. I would have put the three of them, like, sort of together. After this chapter, I feel like they are fully individuals who are, like, not Absolutely. with each other, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm glad I'm not crazy. It's, you, it's, you, fu- it's funny how at the start of the book it's not like you would have been like yeah there's great team unity or anything you, <laughs> but now it's somehow gotten way way worse yeah, you would be you would be shocked to know it gets much worse <laughs> just um, as like a normal story progression goes it's like yeah they were not friends but then they they band together and make it work and end up being like life partners but mm-hmm. not here Nope. No. It's more realistic this way, though, honestly. Like, you can't just throw a bunch of random adults together and expect them to be friends. That's <laughs> true. Now, uh, Indy, do you think uh, fear is very, very uh, uh, forceful with Saren in this chapter in regards to Troll? Which of the two do you think is misreading Troll? Do you think fear is right and Troll meant giving the sword as a very, like, you know, metaphorical thing showing his love? Or do you think Saren's right that, that did, he wasn't thinking that way? Which one do you think it is? Great question, Josh. That's mm-hmm. a, yeah, that is a good question. I don't think that there's any love behind the sword, no. Really? Interesting. Do you? I have no comment because five months ago, there I got spoiled on an ending thing on accident. What? Interesting. Yeah, Steve, good old Steve did an AMA on Facebook. And I was like, that's so cool. And the first question... <laughs> It's like, so what do you think about boom? <laughs> Shit. So, yeah. Bummer. Uh-huh. It's pretty funny. All right, AJ, what do you think? Yeah, yeah AJ, uh, which, I mean, if India thinks there's no love behind it, where are you sitting at? I don't know. I, I, I think I sit in the opposite tank. I think I'm with fear in this one, just because I think the the Saren telling herself that there was no love behind it, I think, is just a, a, a safety 
mechanism for her. Mm. Um, they barely just, knew each other. They did barely know each other. But like if I don't know, if you go back and read the parts where they interact, it's like it's it's it, it could just be written as like a love at first sight thing. Like it's like a romance novel levels of like you see this person and like they they get you and like, I don't know. I have to, I would have to go back and reread to catch that because in my first initial reading, I definitely was not really like sitting really? in intro. Sitting in intro. No, not really. Really? I mean, like, I thought maybe that would be cool because everyone else that lived there sucked shit, you know? And I was yeah. like, well, these two don't suck shit actively. So, like, like, I guess that'd oh, be fine. Man. I just never I think love when I read these books. Like, nothing ever reminds me of, like, oh, they're going to fall. Humans like, I've been let other. down yeah. how many times? How many mm. times I've been let down yeah. about love that I expected <laughs> to come from this fucking book? I'm not making the same mistake again. There's no that. love. <laughs> yeah, it's very funny and i think your first couple the first couple of books all of your like long-term predictions were like this person's gonna end up with this they person. were and now, <laughs> and so now right. it's just like uh i don't know so somebody's right. gonna die or whatever you know eventually i finally realized that that was never gonna happen right in the in the rom-com world it's when you actually become jaded with love is that then someone comes along and teaches you that you should have been believing in it all along that's true and in the hallmark world it's when you've uh taken a vacation from your corporate job to go to a small town that yeah. sells only gingerbread houses <laughs> and christmas and you meet your love in a christmas tree farm and he works right. there right mm-hmm. and their dad's name is santa claus all right india so <laughs> next december i think you should take a trip upstate <laughs> find a small bed and breakfast with the books right. Just right. stop along oh, the yeah, road. Bring the books. I wonder if you actually went to one of those places and just tried to LARP a Hallmark movie. <laughs> what, what would happen? <laughs> you know, just go to any any cafe, any place so you walk good. in. So I could use some hot cocoa, please. <laughs> Extra marshmallow. Then spill it on a guy walking in. Right. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm, I'm so, so sorry. sorry. <laughs> so good. I want this. You're so just bad. so frazzled by your corporate job. <laughs> <laughs> my name's India. I work in New York. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> anyway. Oh, God. Okay. Now, AJ, now, Peter, mm. we're going to get yes. to Peter. Peter, do okay. you think of Silch's Ruin as a sad little boy who misses his mommy as Udinas has decided to think of him as? <laughs> um, Really good. Really good stuff. Um, Udinas is, you know, we love him here. And uh, yeah, Silch's Ruin's an interesting guy. I feel like it's kind of interesting to see Udinas kind of cut him down to size because he really doesn't buy into the Silch's Ruin hype. And uh, I would say it's uh, Silch's Ruin and Amanda Rake are both characters who I guess we see Amanda Rake do some stuff sometimes. And same thing with Silch's Ruin. But also, like, I would say 80% of it is everyone being like, whoa he's such a big deal yeah i know and yeah. and then there's a bunch of passages where it's like well and then everybody said he was a big deal so it's kind of interesting to have the, the kind of skeptic presence around when you have people with such a big reputation mm-hmm. um and also there's some allusions to some deep tisty lore of course yeah yeah, yeah jesus now aj uh, my question for you is do yeah. you think steve was chomping edibles or Chuff and Water Bongs when he wrote the passages talking about the the what existed before darkness. Yeah, because dude. that was some that was some three college dudes sitting around a lava lamp kind of discussion right there. Yeah, man. I mean, Josh, I don't know. I, I don't know what, what you want me to say here, because I fully agree. This dude was fucking blasted and was like, yo, what was before nothing? And, you know? That's and funny as hell. What I hate, though, is that like 
he it, it is mostly metaphorical but then sometimes i feel like i'm expected to follow it on like a literal level yeah, about yeah, yeah. whether <laughs> shadow was the reflection of and i'm like wait a second what are we all what's the fuck's going on right yeah, now yeah it's you know? it was too much for me i had to i had to breeze through a little bit i was like i don't can't handle this right now yeah between that and then this this world that is like dark but not dark and light but not exactly, light but exactly like, wanted to bring up i don't even have a question about that i just thought that was the funniest thing in the world to me yeah was was uh was 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 two things was one <laughs> just ruin walking off into the dark and then stopping where he thinks no one sees him but udinas just seeing him <laughs> stomp six steps away and then turn like who what are they saying about me <laughs> That was just so good. And then at the end, Udinaz being like, Ruin, bring the lights back on. And everyone being like, he can't just, oh, shit. He can't just, well, wait a minute. I I just, I I really like how, I don't know. It's such an, it's such a wild choice to me to include a character like Udinaz. I just feel like I've never read a character like Udinaz in any other book, right? Have you guys? He's great. You know, I'm a new Donis fan and yeah, he, I feel like I've grown to like him even more in this book in a way. I, I feel like so many types of, there's so many characters in these books that I've like read, you know, Oh, I I can imagine them in another setting, or I've read a book where someone's kind of like that. I've never met someone who's just so horrendously sarcastic and, you know, offhandedly cruel, but he's a cruel guy in a way. He's a cruel guy. But you cannot help but root for him at the end of the day. Most because he was a fucking slave, guys. I know, yeah. I know. And it's, it's, it's just, he's just a crazy character. And I feel like, I, I mean, not on our show, but I feel like I just don't know if he gets the love he deserves. I think he's, I mean, what a, mm. such a well-written character. I know, I've not thought that until this book and probably not until these chapters. Did I really just go like, God, I love Udinas. Mm-hmm. I feel like um, I would be like that too. Jaded as fuck. He's just jaded. Yeah, he's like I mean, what's he have to look shit, for? And now yeah. he's like, prove it. Like, well, no. And I'm not mad at that. You know, I'm not mad at him being like more cynical and hating everyone he's with. Yeah, I would too. It's, I would it's, probably hate all those people too. Maybe I, not. Maybe and it's, uh, and it's such a juxtaposition then to see him versus Featherwitch and how they took the lessons they learned yeah. as slaves and what they're doing with it now. Guys, and it just why puts, do we it, all hate Featherwitch though? Because she literally said the first step is removing their freedom of choice. Like she literally, we'll get to that next chapter. We'll get to that next chapter. Other which sucks shit. Speaking of her though, (laughs) uh, I'm not going to ask any questions. I'm just going to, you know, she's in the dream with Udinas and Menandere is there too, which is weird. Do you wonder if he's dreaming in Talon? I just thought about that because Menandere was in Talon later. I don't know. Who knows? She's well, crazy. He's seen Udinas has seen uh Menendere and uh the Errant in his dream before. This isn't new yeah. territory. You know, it would be a lot easier if we didn't just call these dreams and just called them like sleep conversations that actually yeah. happen because they're not fucking dreams. Yeah, they're yeah. not dreams. He, cl- he closed his eyes and his his soul teleported somewhere else. Right. Literally. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. he astral projected. Yeah, there you go. That's it. That's what we should start. People don't That's dream in this, in this world. They just astral, astral protect. Now, wait, I had a question kind of about this. Is it? it no, Udin, Udinas no has, you don't. What? Next. No. Uh, so in, <laughs> Ow. Get um, Udinas has all this like forbidden information. Is he getting that from Menandere? Like, so that's the implication, right? That no, AJ. I think it's. I think that's the question because he says that Menandere okay. tried to use him. Right. So, I mean, it's possible that, like, 
she thinks she's using him, but he's really just getting information from her. But I, right. I do wonder still if there's another force because he seems even confused sometimes about what how he knows what he knows. Yeah. Does he has he had any what, bud? What are you doing? He looks are good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I just like has he had any connection to chaos at all that we know of? Now that's a question. I don't think so. He I would had, be really upset if he ends up if he ended up working for the crippled guy. That would really bum me yeah. out. He had Wither inside him. That's all. That was the only other yeah. thing. He fits and, but the even bill. Wither now, even Wither now made a comment like last chapter, like I don't even fucking yeah. know this guy anymore. Yeah. Where's he getting this stuff? Yeah. Let's move on then. Let's get out of this scene. We've been here for a little bit. There's but a no way we're the... leaving this scene, Josh. <laughs> no, the, the pivotal, of course, the pivotal moment is Josh. Saren... Yes, Josh, no way we're leaving this scene. So it's like Udonis is there and it's like <laughs> he's rejecting the hero's call. Right. It's like they're there and they're like, you should be a hero. You should fucking do it with us, you know. And it's like you're comparing Featherwitch and uh, Udonis and the le- lessons they took from their enslavement and this trauma. And it's like, what did they learn? And are they going to like continue this cycle? What is their role in this type of violence? And what is their role within the system of violence? And like, as you can see, Featherwitch, like the lady Ghostbusters, answered the call. And she, you know, is like uh... really uncool. And... Udonis is like, I'm not doing it, bro. And it's like, it's like the hero narrative is like being used to like, is like for to perpetuate systemic violence. You know, it's like, Mm -hmm. what if a system of violence used a hero narrative to make someone feel like a hero to do bad shit? And it's like, what are the stories the systems tell us, you know, man? And it's like Udonis is like a pass. It's a no from him. And we love that for him. And mm. we we stand uh, a, a king who's refusing the call. He does not answer the call. He is not a lady ghostbuster. And <laughs> fucking hell yeah, baby. The books are good. Boom, boom. Nice. I mean, that wrapped up pretty much all my thoughts. I yeah. did not really think of it in the context of the hero's journey, but that's also because this is my first read through. It's so. a classic. It's a classic reading of this thing. But it's like, what? It, what's like, what if the systems are telling you it's a hero's journey and you're being fucking tricked, man? Your life's not a hero's journey, bro. Fucking Christ, man. You guys Damn. ever play? You guys ever play Fire Emblem Three Houses? <laughs> yes, I've beat it four times, AJ. You know this. I do know that. It's kind of like that, <laughs> except they don't deny the hero's call. They just say the system is right. I am a hero and then <laughs> yeah, destroy actually. the world. <laughs> yeah. But then the, the, the flaw of that game, I guess light spoilers is that the end of the game, they were right. The system was right. And they are heroes. Yeah. There is no, there's no lesson learned. They're just like, yeah, I killed everyone. and It's fine. I, I was lost. I didn't play that game, but That's all fine. I'm saying is it's like the system, man. And it's like, yeah. I don't know. I've been tripping on the matrix and stuff. I'm all in baby. What's up? <laughs> These, I'm all high on the books. What's up? Let's talk about the scene more. I don't know if I have more to talk about. I, the scene. I, I, I am tapped out on this scene. I, okay, I, but, but then they wake up and then it's like, <laughs> yeah, boom, boom. And it's like, it's awesome. It is very good. <laughs> uh, AJ or Indy or P, anyone. What, obviously, this has lasting implications. Um, but do you think do you think this this rift between Saren and Udinas is is permanent or do you think they'll be able to overcome it? I, I, I think, don't think I can answer India. Yeah, I think. <laughs> yeah. Udinas, as Peter mentioned, has his own trauma, mainly around dreams. I think that this was like 
you know, I think that I think it can be repaired. I think that he just, you know, like when something you're really annoyed about something and then somebody does one thing that's kind of like that something and then you just go the fuck off. I think mm. that's what happened. Mm. Like, what do you mean? For example, like I always provide the weed for our smoke sessions. And hypothetically. 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 You're not getting us today, pigs. And then one day, a friend of mine is like, hey, let's smoke your weed today. And I'm like, we always smoke my weed. We're not smoking my weed. I give it to everyone all the time and you never provide it. And we're not doing this. And I'm going to choke you now. Because <laughs> I'm pissed off. Didn't see that last part coming. But was the was it worth all of that? No. But was it like a culmination of things that happened and now I'm pissed off and I'm going to choke you? Yes. Mm. So mm. can it be repaired? Absolutely. Mm. I think. But also, if like I went into one of your dreams and your reaction was to choke me, I wouldn't forgive you. But uh, it's not like she was just going to hang out. <laughs> so what? <laughs> It's never appropriate to put your hands on someone else. That's, so honestly, but it's if I was impro- okay. Staring, wait, okay, 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 okay. She may not have literally put her hands on him, but I think what she did was probably more invasive than him choking her. Not to say that she deserved to be choked or anything, but like, I don't know, man. <laughs> guys, hear me out. They both okay. made mistakes. Yes, I think it'll be saved. I think Udinos just had a lot going on. I don't think he likes people going in his dreams. Definitely not. It's fair. Yeah, clearly. Yeah. I mean, he says as much. He says that like he's like, I can't believe you did that. <laughs> and she's like, oh, God, I'm such a bad person. And right. Perpet- exactly. She's like, nah, he like when fear tries to get him, she's like, no, no, no. I deserved it. Yeah. Just another idea of how Saren feels about herself. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously. Well, <sighs> I feel like maybe she's so like feeling internally bad that she thinks that she deserves bad things that happen. Oh, absolutely. That. Yeah, that makes makes sense. Anyway, that's all my thoughts. All right. Can I safely move to Drene? To the next part of this chapter. Peter? Um, We can. I just want to say, as you may tell, I loved all of this beginning stuff. And it's tough because I love our Island of Misfit toys in Bone Hunters. But I've really grown to admire this group much more than I did on my first read through. This so. this this chapter admires is, the wrong word, but you get what I'm getting at. I, this this chapter, like that's why I like this chapter so much, is I could not believe how much this scene made me like this group again. I I have been very vocal about how much I don't like this group, and I I now have fully flipped, and I'm ready to read them for the rest of the book. Well, you so, know, yeah. in fairness, all of their scenes, this was like a pretty good chunk. I feel. Oh like, yeah. Yeah, they do often. They kind of get shortchanged sometimes. Most of their scenes are like really small and it's just like one argument and then we move on. Like it's never really like a dissection, I feel. And I also feel like the conflict is mostly between Saren, Udanis and Fear. Three people out, out of that group who probably we know the most and have the best like connection to, you know, mm-hmm. like we know. I guess we know who Clip is, but definitely to a lesser extent than those three characters. You know, we've just spent so much more time with those three. For sure. Yeah. All right. Let's get into the next section. We move to Drene. We get we meet Venet Saffit, a character I know we all immediately went. Who's that? What's that name? <laughs> Who's he again? And it's yep. reminded that he is the guy who works for Rauta's Hivenar. He went to the inn ages ago and saw that little symbol thingy. He's been traveling and he's here. And uh, Drene 
is not doing well. <laughs> uh, no. as, an out, as an outlying town in the Empire, it's feeling the effects of the economy's crash pretty badly. Uh, it's, it's undermanned because they sent all their soldiers off to fight the all and uh, not been doing well. Yeah. What did you, uh, what did you think of the situation, AJ? How did, do you think this is a, a precursor of what's to come for the Empire? I mean, I feel like this isn't a precursor. I feel like this is like... <laughs> well, okay, you're right. This you're is right. what's happening to the Empire, whether, whether people like it or not. But I guess, yeah, you could say it's a precursor. It, I think it is the first, the first instance of like all of uh, Tehol and Bugs meddling, like finally coming to fruition. Yeah. Um, and that, I guess Drenae got struck first. Um, but yeah, I feel like this is like what's going to happen across the, the land. I think like I think Tehol and Bugs plan was just to crash the economy. But then the Liberty Consign and the Patriotists really honestly in, in the long run, like helped Tehol and Bug uh, oh, yeah. create like a citizen uprising <laughs> um, oh, because yeah. it gave the citizens like one thing to look at. That's not like the emperor because you can't you know, I mean, you can, but like. Uh, with with the emperor being a god king you're not really going to be like i'm going to revolt against the god king like that's there's not there's no there's no there there you know uh yeah. but when it's just two groups two groups of very rich people you'd be like oh fuck them mm-hmm. uh, yeah i mean we see that here even uh there's no liberty consent but we've, we we see in drene that uh the factors hold up in his estate with with the fumigating guardsmen and right. orban truthfinder seems to think he's about to do it well until this conversation reveals annoying stupidly i didn't appreciate it it's revealed that venet sathet is the foremost assassin on the continent how do you feel about that one india i don't know honestly it meant nothing to me i don't know what i should i have thought it was someone else no no it's it's not like i'm with you india i'm gonna go on a bit of a soapbox i thought this was stupid because right it's it's not like it's revealed that many killings we thought were done by other people were actually all done by this guy it's just like there needs to be someone in drene who has enough power slash influence to make things happen for the plot Mm. and so we've got this 11th hour reveal that this unassuming man is secretly a famed assassin right and i get it there's really no one else that could have been here but I was like, it, the impact did not land for me personally. Josh, I agree, and I think one of the uh, one of the effects of some types of these reveals, it's not only with this type of thing, is that I feel like there's a kind of cheapening power uh, with power that comes with this because it's just like, yeah, I mean, sure, I guess if Steve says this guy's whatever, it's whatever because that's the rules of the game. But like, we have no reason to believe this. We don't care about him. We don't understand his power. And if we can just say he's that powerful, I don't know. It, it kind of just right. And it's it's just a big shrug, you know. On your reread, are there any hints we missed, like dropping that this guy's a a famed assassin? Because like in every conversation he has, I, I don't get that. Josh, I had forgotten he was a famed assassin, so <laughs> that's my answer. <laughs> right. Uh, so he doesn't make it out of the book. Um, <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, so uh, I maybe I should have no commented. I don't know. No, it's it's fine. No, I didn't think much of this guy. I didn't think he was going to be that impactful. Every time I hear his name, it's like the first time. Yes. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, I, I thought this scene was okay. Uh, I thought it, I mean, obviously, really, it just has to happen to sort of, if if, if the lether force on the planes 
survive and they come back and off screen, the town of Drene has gone through some terrible uprising, you know, that might not work very well. So I get that we had to be here for it. I thought the only thing that was really interesting was uh, uh, Sathid, you know, basically saying the patriotists are over. You know, basically saying they've outlived their usefulness. Uh, we're basically, he told Orban Truthfinder, like, yeah, you're going to need to put your guys out there to to be martyrs. Like, they they need to, they're the sacrificial pawns here. They need to die so that the bloodlust is a little sated. Um, do you think that's going to, I just don't know if that's, is that going to happen for real? Is this going to, is this going to impact what's happening in the city i don't know because I, I had the thought of like we're, we're still in medieval times you know like no one fucking knows what's happening in this city for weeks mm. at a time so like does any of this impact the you know the situation at the capital at all i don't know it just kind of seemed uh I, not, not my favorite scene of the chapter is all right mm-hmm. aj any, any other thoughts um not about that really but i have uh some thoughts about and I just want to make sure that I read correctly. Orban Truthfinder says that he's the children of indebted and that he will not kill Tahul or Bug. No, Venet Sathid. Venet Sathid. is an indebted to Rautos, and he he's trying. He says he wouldn't hurt uh, Tahul. Got it. Okay, thank you. Oh, also, uh, there are some assassin agents in Atreprena Bivat's company. So we knew that, did we? Yep, it was revealed uh, because Brol Handar had a scene where he was like, ha, they think I'm so dumb. Oh, I, that's they tried right. to make me stay because they don't want me involved getting the glory. And then the next scene's like, he's so fucking dumb. I tried to save him. There's assassins here. That's right. I forgot about that. Well, mm-hmm. all right. <laughs> all right. Moving out to the plains. We've got the Lethary forces on the hunt for Red Mask. Uh, it, it's a relatively quick scene. You know, they talk about this dried up lake bed that he's going to probably, you know, make his final stand on. They talk about magics. The one thing that comes up is this these these cairns uh, with uh, white paint on them. India, do you have any thoughts about the connection Brolhandar made between these cairns and some canoes they saw? Okay. I'm glad you asked because I didn't know what a cairn was or a barb. And so, no, the answer is no, there were no connections. I did read that there was a connection, but I decided that it wasn't going to be brought up. And the chances of me getting that question were not worth me (laughs) dissecting that information. And sadly, I was wrong. So I I believe a cairn is just like a a sort of like a burial mound or something like it's Mm. meant to like. Yeah. Is that kind of right? Look at the definition. Feels right. Uh, a mound of rough stones built as more a landmark. Fresh tip. AJ, do you have any thoughts? Because I have thoughts about what this could be, and I'm probably very wrong. Um, I, I, I don't know. I'm looking back at the section right now, but it just says tufts of wolf fur and teeth. And I was like, OK, the wolves. Great. And then it's the, the, the tusks from some unknown beast. And I was like, OK, maybe it's fucking uh, the boar god. But then mm. there's also antlers. I, with a bunch of like grooves on pecules and grooves. I don't know what those are, but I, I, I just don't know what I honestly I have no idea. It's something to do with the beast hold. I imagine maybe. Well, my long shot, definitely wrong guess is that what's that? It's the Bargasts from book three because they found some boats and maybe they managed to get all the way over here. I just am desperate for anything from book three to have consequences. Whoa. Wait, when did they find oh. boats? They found boats the in burial grounds underground. Oh, right. But like, it's so long ago, and the only thing from book three that seems to matter is that Whiskey Jack's dead and Talk got here. And that shield you know anvils I mean? exist. 
<laughs> yeah, I know. But the Bargas thing never really I feel like we spent so much time in that book on the Bargas shit that I'm yeah. desperate for a payoff. So I like I think they said something about white faces or something, and I was like, God, was I that mean, their name maybe or something? I forget. I mean, the Bargas are like definitely uh like they definitely have Toblakai blood, right? Like Yes, they are they are also So they the probably could have also heard whatever uh what's that his was name my is hearing. <laughs> with Carsa and Icarium, so. I don't know that's going to happen, but I would be pretty sick if it did. That'd be pretty cool if in 100 pages they just showed up. Yeah. <laughs> like, so, we've been here the whole time. <laughs> let it be known. That's my long shot call. That's good. It's probably wrong. I think that, uh, honestly, Josh, that seems like a pretty good, a pretty, pretty good bet. I don't think so, but I just, I'm desperate I think for so any too. Kind of connection to make sense. Thank you, guys. Thank you. <laughs> um, we move over to the red, to the all, and we see them build somehow uh you know a a mobile battleground on top of the lake bed that they can fight from because their wagons all of a sudden have the ability to do that uh i guess that's somewhat plausible uh what do you how do you think the battle's going to go for them india they're in a dried up lake bed they're defending against military mages who's coming out of this battle the victor um, obviously the all, and it's only because of talk talk. I put all my trust and belief and faith in talk. It's a lot of stuff to put. <laughs> Guys, it, expect the unexpected. Plus the lethary really are not doing that well. No, I, I do think that, I mean, if the all lose, what was the fucking point? You know? So I do feel like in some way they have to win. AJ? Ah, uh, I don't know. Man, I, 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 I'm in the same boat, I think, is like, oh, well, they got to win, but I don't know how they will. And I have to believe maybe it's it's up to talk or something. I, I don't I know. Maybe like they just get obliterated and that's the end of that. Like that. I, sucks, I just but. I feel like they it, without allies, this fight is lost. And the only allies there's even a hint of are these Karens. So I feel like something's got to happen there. Yeah, maybe even the Hansar basically says like. Man, I hope they don't have allies we don't know about. Mm. But clearly, they don't know about them either. So we'll see. Yeah, I'm. I'm just trying to because the 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 epigraph at the beginning of book four is from Tak before Kwasan Tapi. I mean, it starts off. I went in search of death in the cast down wreckage, and then talks about how. All uh, oh, right, talks about the blood I've, tents and stuff, and him being behind them. You're right. It was yeah, very. He literal. says, "I failed in my proud quest to a scything flint blade and lying a sword lost to summer." Uh, I, I don't know. I feel like he was looking for like Talana Mass or something mm, yeah. somehow. I don't know, or like ghosts or whatever, because he's got that special eye that can see things. It's true. So I don't know if 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 we're going to Lord of the Rings ghost army it or like what, but I would love the ghost army. Yeah. Anyway, that's all I got. All right. Uh, well, I mean, that's essentially the end of the chapter. I mean, Red Mask has a little moment where he reveals he killed the elder yeah. who maybe is his dad or knew his no, dad. No, knew his dad. Knew his, knew dad. his dad. OK, because yeah, I thought weird. the same thing, but then I read it again and it was like knows okay. my father. Yeah, it's, it's weird. Yeah. All right. So he has a little moment to himself and uh, yeah. He, we're going to hope his guardians win the day for him. Yeah, he says by the lizard eyes of the Kachinchamal, I will have my victory. And immediately after I read that sentence, I was like, oh, they're going to fucking kill him. They're going to rip him to pieces, huh? He's the, he's their mortal sword. Yeah, but he also has never taken the mask off. <laughs> that is true. There was some stuff being said that made me think he was going to take his mask off. And yeah. it's going to be like quite the reveal. I don't know. Maybe he takes his mask off and he is also just a, rept a reptilian man. He's talk. Also, <gasps> there's 
Tuke. He's hot. Tuke. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Josh. Tuke. That really got me. All right, let's get out of here. Let's move on to chapter 20. Anyone okay with that? Yeah, that works for me. All right, here we go. Chapter 20. Chapter 20. Bruth and Trana visits an Azath house under the sea. There, he meets Knuckles and her mother, Commanderos. The two discuss her imprisonment and how Rake was involved. They give Tran important advice that he must remember, which he promptly forgets as he leaves the house in search of the place of names. We meet Rude Elal, Udanas' now fully grown son, who speaks with his mother, Menandere. He shows his mother no special deference despite her power and speaks his mind freely with her regarding her upcoming schemes and fights. As the two part, it is unclear on which side Rude will ally himself, though his decision seems incredibly important. Hedge, Quickben, Onrak, Troll, and the Enlava Cubs meet Rude Alau, and his adoptive Imas tribe, the Bentract. Rude has strange words for Hedge, who struggles with keeping himself a ghost in a realm that offers life. While Hedge spouts off his frustration and hatred of everything to Quickben, Onrak and Troll discuss their purpose on the journey, which they believe to be mostly over once they get Quickben and Hedge to their destination. The group also meets three other Talani Mass, who had undergone the ritual and returned to their former tribe. The tension is immediate. In one of the most comically opaque openings of a chapter I've ever read, Fade attempts to kill Sandaleth, but is thwarted by Demander, who tries to kill her. Withel steps in to break them up, but not before Fade is horribly injured. Sandalath forbids anyone harming Fade further and leaves to get the adjunct. But Withel decides to finish the job and throws her through the window when Sandalath leaves. Namander, exhausted from days spent awake watching Fade, decides that his people should stay with the Sheikh and help them recover their lost pass. The next day, Twilight and Yadan Derig discuss their future and come to the same conclusion about the Andy. On the Malazan ships, great soldier stuff happens. At this point, you love it or hate it, and we all know who falls into each category. On the mainland, the forces of the Eater and Letheri prepare to engage the Malazans, although their alliance is tenuous at best. Janeth begins to remember her past torment by the Patriotists, and this time it begins to break her. She wonders about the fate of Tehul, who she believes will be the victim of the Empire's most publicized drowning. The challenges are underway. Samar talks with Karsa about her worries for him, after the first challenger is killed almost immediately. He seems calm, but tells her that soon the spirits they have both chained will need to be used, and she must be prepared. Also, they almost have sex. Veed and the senior assessor disagree about the fate of a fight between Akarim and the Emperor, but both agree they will watch Karsa's match. Rulad, for the first time in a long time, seems to be thinking clearly. Maybe fighting and killing leaves his mind clearer, as he seems to almost fully grasp the schemes of both his Chancellor and Sita, both doing their best to mislead and outposition one another. He thinks of the threats to his empire from within, 
the Malazans, and a new alliance of nations on the east, created by their own lies and deceptions, and wonders if it might be better to start anew from the ashes. Featherwitch argues with the errant as their cult grows amongst the damned and the wretched. She speaks of taking away the freedom of choice as the slave becomes the enslaver. All right, here we go. Chapter 20. We start off very confusingly underwater. Yeah, uh, baby. What the fuck? <laughs> it's a really good scene. Really good scene. Bruthen trying to get into the Azath house, which why is it under this literally on the bottom of the sea? Under bed? the sea. Also, I like yeah, that he describes it as looking like a house. It's just really yeah. funny to me that it's just like, oh, yeah. it's a house underwater. <laughs> Um, like envisioning the Azath house as just like a two bed, like a two floor. That's exactly like, how I imagine it. Yeah. Yep. Like, yep. <laughs> so just a, just a little funny. rancher. Just a little <laughs> it's rancher. I um, literally always thought it would just be like a house made of sticks. But. Really? I always imagined <laughs> it like these like wild towers or something. You see, and then I just thought like because of magic, when you go inside, it was really big. But like, uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, I thought it looked like a like a little barn to me. Like it was like a little. Oh, like, really? You run down a little barn or something. Yeah. AJ and India, who is Kilimandaros? Kilimandaros is from the prologue, baby. Way, way back in the beginning. Oh, I didn't even know that. Yeah. And they are. Uh, They are related to everything that was happening in the very beginning with the the Finnist and stuff and Scabandari and uh, Gothos and stuff. They're like the person with like the big fists. Like they're 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 really kind of fucked up looking. Oh, we had a whole thought, conversation about how they looked, but I, I thought Kilmanderos was the god of dragons. That is not true. Ah, damn it. Are you thinking of the one who's, are, whose veins are Warrens? That's Krull. Okay, I was just making yeah. So the P, do we do we know what Kilmanderos is the god of? We've heard the name a million times. Should we not should we remember what they were? We've heard a decent bit. Should we remember what they were, Pete? I don't think you officially know, but you could know. I context, yeah, but we, but because we we've heard this name, yeah. There's some sort of elder I, something because they were hanging out with Gothos and male. Yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. I forgot about Gothos. You're right. Yeah. Oh, now I remember the big fist stuff. AJ, yeah, that is ringing just a, bell a really now. weird looking, <laughs> really weird looking fella. Yeah. Okay, that's that's ringing. And up. now we're just hanging out playing knuckle bones or some shit, or are we do are we now is now is Knuckles the character released by? Carsa Orlong. Knuckles is the one from Sonic Three. He's red and he's got the oh, and, and boxing they're voiced glove. by they're voiced by Idris Elba. Yes, exactly. He's, he's yeah. kind of the hot one. Um, <laughs> if you were to look at all the Sonic characters and say this one fucks, it would be Knuckles. Anyway, yeah. uh, I call um, him that. Daddy Knuckles. <laughs> Nah, I think you're cut now, bud. Sorry, I <laughs> can't hear you. Sorry, there's some sort of interference. Yeah, Pete was Knuckles the one that was released by Carsa. Uh, I don't really know what you're talking about, to be honest. Oh, no, oh. we've met. We've met Knuckles. We've met Knuckles. We haven't have. we? I don't. I'm positive we have. I don't think so. You're, okay, so Josh, Josh is thinking of the one that uh, Carsa and his buddies lifted the stone off of, 
that killed his two friends right well no uh injured um what's his name oh yeah no killed the other that forkrill assail is named calm oh you're right now so have we met knuckles because i swear we've met knuckles in this in this these fucking books i don't think so i think i think we're knuckles it just seems like a a pretty stock forkrill assail to me like a lot of well, they have another name, you know, they have another sure. name that they're not sharing. And that's what's like tripping me up is I feel like I've heard something, but I, I, I guess I could be wrong. Yeah, I don't know. Pete's not elaborating, which makes me think I'm wrong. I, I'm just I feel like uh, I should just be quiet is my opinion. <laughs> all right. So I just want to know if we've you. met them or not. Yeah, I, I, maybe. I, OK, all right. If all there's right. some sort of elder for sale, I mean, it's the for sale are an elder race, I guess. Right. Aren't they? Well, and it sounds like, I mean, the, it, Knuckles keeps calling Commanderos their mom. So I guess yeah. that's like a whole thing, too. I don't know. What's important is that Commanderos is there and believes it's because of a betrayal by Rake. But incredibly, Knuckles points out that Anamandros Rake almost never betrays people. People just constantly assume he will. <laughs> and so they betray him first right. and then he's forced to kill them or whatever he does, which is fucking comedy gold. Right. Pretty good. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we see all that. And then uh, what do we got? We got, do you guys think he's going to make it to this place in names? Because they gave him some clear instructions and then he immediately forgot again. Um, I don't know. <laughs> do, you, do you think he's going to get there and remember the important shit he was told to remember? Uh, he's got to get there. Like he's going to get there. But is he going to remember the hyper important stuff he was told to remember? Is yeah, the question. Something about a path, he says. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so good. Yeah, I don't know, man. I guess we'll see. Yeah. I don't have many good questions about this section. It was just kind of info. Yeah. I don't like I <clears throat> silly, but not interesting. And <laughs> like, I know you guys really love these chapters, but I, I don't know why. Mm. And that's it. <laughs> <laughs> I just think whenever there's house at bottom of sea inhabited by elder God, I think that's going to be pretty cool to me. Yeah. But it's so confusing and it nothing is. ever comes of it. And then if you don't take notes like AJ in the next 17 books, you have no, the payoff. <laughs> it's just the payoff that I like. I just don't ever. Unfortunately, there was nothing for me. Sure. Mm. You hate to see it. And to be honest, actually, you know what? No, I'm ready to move. I'm ready to go, guys. <laughs> All right, let's move on then. We get out of here and we go to probably the pivotal scene. Well, eh, it's pretty important. It seems to set up the rest of the book. We are back in the Warren of Talon and we are with Rude Alal, Udenaus's now fully grown son. Did fully we know grown son? Cool. Fuck time. What, India? I said, no, that's cool. Yeah, it's pretty sick. How? Did, what was your first impression of Rudalal India? Why does he have Shirk's last name? Yep. Whoa! I didn't even fuck you, I, motherfucker. I, um, they say his full name like twenty times. Honestly, to me, what I couldn't get over was that it sounded sort of like Rulad. You know, it just had the same letter. It had mm. enough letters to almost be that, but it didn't even occur to me that it was Alal like Shirk. Wow. Yeah. Is it spelled the same? Yes. Well, that's got to be hinting towards something. Steve, don't do that for nothing. Yeah. It makes no sense, though. What, how? It makes how? no sense. I mean, we don't know anything about Shirk. It's true. Just that she was cursed. Right. She died and was cursed. Yeah. Maybe they were married. Who? Who? Shirk and Rud. No. <laughs> no. Rude's been in a special time zone. Yeah. Rude is is Udenas's son from when Menandere assaulted him. Right. So how how could he be Shirk's husband? Well, then how does she have his last name? 
well, maybe he has her last name. Yeah, but maybe they got married. They could be related. They could be siblings. How the fuck? I don't know. It makes the just about as much sense as them being married. Makes. Is Menandere's last name Alal? That'd be pretty good. Fuck, that'd be good. That's what I'm thinking. I, there's got to be some sort of connection there, but I, I don't know. Siblings, huh? Siblings. Got a siblings, lot of questions. Siblings, siblings. I guess, yeah, I guess you're right. We've never heard Udinas' last name. That could, oh, man. Well, he probably doesn't, I mean, I guess. Could he, it be Udinas' child, Shirk? But, okay, wait. No, but, but what if Shirk and Udinas were siblings? Yeah, I'm thinking, I think know? that could be, that could be something, I think. Because I be imagine crazy. Udinas doesn't have a last name because he's, he was a slave and they were like, Pshaw, we don't need last names for you. But he was not born a slave. No, I know, but that's what I'm saying. Oh, but that's why he doesn't. He talk was born about his and last indebted. Name. No, he was born a slave, I Josh. Really, he was yeah. he was born indebted. Yeah, but not a slave to the Tisti Eater, where he we see him at the. Oh yeah, yeah, okay, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no, he's born indebted, but he's not born a slave. He gets taken off like a fishing boat. Yeah. Right, 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 right. Fact. So fact, I mean, like, that, look, that's that's. I look, it could be, it could be that Shirk, and I didn't even catch that. Damn, you guys are good at these books. It seems That'd so be crazy though. It was just the most basic thing that I could have ever figured out. <laughs> I just can't read. I'm not good at names. Uh, it's just so f- like Menandere raped this man to have this child. And then for her to be like, but but the child can have his last name. It is his child after all. Just seems like that, such yeah, a wild, weird like thing to give. Like why? Why give the last name? Why not just I don't know. Why does why does Rude have a last name? Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Like what when so many characters don't. <laughs> no one yeah. else has a last name except for Shirk and Rude. That's true. The, the children the children of gods have to go through the social security system, so they all need to fill out they need to have first, middle, right. and last name. They have birth certificates. Right. <laughs> Christ. Anyway, so so that's what I thought. That was my only thought. That and like, wow, that was quick. Mm-hmm. Like that he grew up. Well, Time yeah, because, accelerated. No, so so he got sent back in. He got sent back in. T- I don't fucking know. No, I think he just got sent to Talon to be taken care of, and something weird happened with his aging because of that. Well, I mean, it already is weird because shouldn't those all those people look like people, but they should all be like skeleton people, right? Yes. No, because they are a group of people who never did the thing. They didn't do the um, the ritual. Yeah, they didn't do the ritual, so they never became that way. Uh. So they just live forever. No, they were kind of picked by Menandere to sort of be his people. So she sort of plucked them out of time. I think. Mm. Yeah, India. I don't know if you remember, like when we saw Rude in book five, he was just a child. He was like yeah. ten or something. And then he he had those Talanimas like minders or whatever. Like he had chaperones. Right. I think it's just the, yeah. it's just those people. Exactly. But what's funny is that like Udinas has really no relation. And it seems based off their relationship that Menandore and Rude do have a, a pretty significant relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Weird. So fucking weird, this book. It's very weird. Yeah. I liked it though. That was kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, so anyway, now that we've gotten through that whole thing and they have a, they have a little tiff for taff mother son thing where she's like, I created you and you're going to do what I say. And he's like, Nope. <laughs> right. It's probably right. Yeah. Uh, we, I like him. I do think he's got a little, he's got a little bit of clip energy, you know, a little bit, a little too big for his bridges. Well, he's sometimes. got, he's got a little Udinas in him, you know, he does have a little Udinas in him. So they get through that. And then some parties finally meet. 
Hedge, Quick Ben, that whole crew, and uh, they come and they meet Rudalal in the. Sorry, tribe. Josh, you skipped the part where she gets attacked by the by the Cubs, the which Cubs. is so fucking funny. And she thinks about just burning them all to death. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like fine, <laughs> I'll leave. That was pretty. Yeah, cool. she gets attacked by the little Emroth Cub, and then Cubs. Cubs is just such a sweet word. It is, right? It really is. So yeah, we have some talk. R- Rudalal just like drops some knowledge bombs on Hedge. What did you think of that, AJ or Indy? I, I don't care which one of you, with, with him kind of struggling to... It was an interesting conflict, you know what I mean? Like, he knows he's dead, even though if he wanted to, he could be alive in this realm. But he's like, but I know when I leave here, I'll be dead again. Which is interesting. I had not thought about that, which probably means that Onrak will go back to being a Talani Mass. Definitely. Sure. Yeah. So what did you think? Do Would you have done what Hedge did? Or would you have been like, nah, baby, let me feel for a bit? I'd feel for a bit. I'd feel for a bit. Yeah, I would feel for a bit. But I think ultimately I'd want to go back to a ghost that can just make stuff pop up in my hands, you know? It's pretty, he's got pretty, but like, you know, that shit's real right now, which is pretty crazy. Oh, he's got, yeah, he's got, I guess. Yeah, those custers are real. Interesting. Yeah. I didn't think about the implications of that. I guess, so if he was, if he was just a ghost and not in Talon, do you think those custers exist? Like, do you think he's able to do that stuff? Ooh, I don't know. Mm, that's a great question, AJ. Yeah, I, well, I mean, you that. you saying that they're real was really kind of what yeah. got me there. That's pretty interesting. I don't know. That is that is an interesting thought. Yeah. Hmm. 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 see. So we, we get me uh, also. I've had fond ish memories of Hedge, but current Hedge really gets on my nerves. Really? Yeah. He's a little too much for me. He's very like angry and frustrated and like just kind of hates on everything right now which i was was getting a little bit old for me and also some like legit tension between him and quick Ben. i always forget that the bridge burners are like pitched as this like happy collection of people in that first book but like really they're always a moment away from killing each other it feels like mm-hmm. i don't know if that caught anyone else by surprise or if we just kind of felt that was logical oh i mean i i've been i've been pretty quiet for this whole section i i think it's kind of Interesting come back here and follow up on some of these plot lines. And uh, I also think it's kind of always a fun reveal when you kind of know what characters have been doing for their mysterious objectives for a while, you know? (laughs) Oh, yeah. It's a good payoff. Yeah, well, I don't know. It's always just I feel like that's a common thing throughout the throughout different books when you're like, oh, it's always nice. I feel when when I was reading these books and you get to the end, you're like, ah, I see. That's what's been Mm. going on, (laughs) you know? Yeah, yeah. Makes sense. Troll and Onrek have some talking. They continue broing it out. Nothing crazy there. Um, I guess the big thing is these three other Talani masks who are there and who are two bone casters and the former tribes leader. Now, something that someone on the Discord pointed out, hmm. y'all, that I did not catch. And I'm gonna blow some I'm gonna blow the two of your minds. Peter might get mad at me for revealing this, but apparently <laughs> it is. Apparently, it is very easy to realize this in a first read-through. Just none of us did. Sure. Uh, so, you know, the Talon person that was with Hedge, that Hedge blew up? Yeah. You know, who was, like, working for the Chain oh, God? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's one of the Teblor gods. Yes. I did not catch that. One of those seven faces. I thought you guys literally put that together on the show earlier. No, we talked about how, or, or sorry, I talked about how the they... The Tebler gods were unbound, but I don't think we ever actually all came back to saying like, oh, she was one of them. Oh, uh, you, yes. you meant we unbound just... in that. OK, I understand. Yeah, here's the thing that's really going to blow your mind. You remember last book, what happened to Perrin and co they... when they got horribly killed? That was by them, too. That was by the five Tebler, former Tebler gods. 
those Talani masks that came through and murdered them. Oh. Didn't we know that? Yeah, we knew Did that. Did we not know that? Okay, well, look, I forget everything all the time. I think so. I, I, okay. I vaguely remember that part, but but well, yeah, there I didn't goes realize my that. big reveal. I, I really sorry. I, I feel I feel like they didn't hit with the power you thought they were going to, Josh. <laughs> Yeah, you know, that's most of my life, buddy. Well, but no, I saw that discussion in the Discord, too, and it it really blew my mind when I read it in the Discord, Josh. So, okay, yeah, I was wondering if these three could be some of those Tevlor gods. I don't remember exactly what tribe they were, you know what I mean? Um, Or if these were just like three. I don't know. I I do sense that it's not going to go well. uh, Whatever happens here. Do you think any of our any of this party is at risk from these from these other Talani masks? Do you think there's a chance this conflict leads to a death in our crew? Not in our crew. Yeah, I was gonna say, if anything, they're gonna wind up like blowing up Talon or something. But they're not. They're gonna be fine. <laughs> I think Onrak's gonna die here, and he's going to choose to die here instead of going back to being a Talani mass outside oh, of this realm. Josh, that made my whole body feel sad. Yeah, I you know. Just ruined AJ's day. I know. That's but a full I, body sadness. I there. really <laughs> think there's a chance that that could happen. Oh, man. Like he gives his life for Troll and he's like, this is something I couldn't do for you out there, but I can do it here. This and- fake situation, <laughs> this fake situation is making me tear up. I'm like so I have full body goosebumps and I'm like actively upset right now. Well, like we can hope that I have not called it right. God damn. Feels What's very Peter's plausible. Doing? Let's see. <laughs> <laughs> doing that Peter it's, face. They turned yeah, away. That, that Peter face is... <laughs> Uh, oh, so good. Man. All right. Well, we'll see. You know, uh, I, I, you know, I think this was a cool scene, like lore wise, to see some big factions meeting. I'm, I'm now. This is, this is shot up to the top of the list for me of like storylines. I'm now really excited to see what happens next. So, yeah. uh, before we go though, I just want to um, disagree with you quickly, Josh, and say I feel like this storyline will mean nothing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I like that called shot. It's pretty fun. Thank you. Yeah. So we're going to move on. I nearly just put the book down during the opening of the next scene with with, with Fade and Amanda and Sandaleth because I found it so just I wrote opaque in my description, in my chapter summary, and that is what it is. I could not see through what was happening. I just had to like, normally I'm really good at comprehending as I'm reading. But for this section, I literally just had to read the words until I got to the point where it was like, we're in Amanda's point of view. And I was like, Jesus Christ, was it (laughs) so hard? Yeah. And then, Steve really goes I, too much sometimes with some of it. I but say. then, but here's what I'll say is I was really annoyed because I was like, this was unnecessary until Namander reveals he's been awake for like three straight days. And when you read it from the lens of someone who is like right. facing sleep deprivation, I was like, yeah. all right. Well done, check. Steve. Well, well done, Steve. Yeah. Yeah. I, thought actually, I thought it was actually really pretty cool then. I want to read a great quote from this section. I'm sorry, Namander said. I think that apology should be saved for fade, don't you? I am sorry, he repeated to her, then added that she's not dead. <laughs> <laughs> that was cold-blooded. Oh, and this was also one of those times when I'm like, I hate television shows or movies where like everything, every part of the plot can be described as people being idiots. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> yeah. it's a nothing issue if everyone just wasn't an idiot. And this is one of those times when I wish... Amanda would be like, she was trying to kill you. I said yeah. it, you know. <laughs> just say anything, like, just man. Just get it out. Thankfully, Withel is not an idiot. Um, what do we think of Withel and Sandalaf? Oh God. Do no we idea. do we we okay with that, Chip? Uh, I mean, I'm okay with it. 
What do you mean but, by that? What do you mean by that? Well, how do you like, do you like those two together? You know, does it make sense? Do you like them together? Sure. It's more for India. She, she pairs people a lot. Yeah, it was a bad question, I guess. Whatever. I thought them pushing their beds together was sweet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was nice. Yeah. Yeah. I forgot about that. Um, And then Withel just uh, murders Fade by throwing her out of the window. Pretty great. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Namanda broke both her wrists. Yeah, dude. That's nuts. Yeah, I'd Pretty be really pissed if someone did that to me. Really yeah. pissed. The part when he's like, oh, she's not screaming. It's probably because she's nuts. And then it's like after the fact, it's like, oh, she totally was screaming. I'm just really tired. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was really fun. Uh, Really fun for a scene that's so grim and dark. But, you know, that's uh, that's how it is sometimes with Steve. I feel like in this scene, we like a saw Namander have any sort of anything. Yeah. Like every other Namander scene has been like, I'm thinking about Fade, but I don't there's nothing really of substance here. And then this one's like he does shit, you know, and then also we get this like weird side of Withel that is like extremely protective. Not weird, I guess, but it's just like the side of Withel that we haven't. Yes. New. Thank you. That we haven't seen. And that was like, I don't know. It was really like not alarming, but I was like, oh, like here are two dudes that I didn't think really had any personality like and their personality trait is to protect the the you know their mom and wife yeah uh, i don't know it struck me as as wild yeah it was definitely interesting and the rev- and uh the explanation of why fade okay now peter i would i would like a little bit of clarification here if you don't mind maybe okay so the salanda hmm. crewed by was originally crewed by andy Sure. Sent to find Anna Vander Rake. What was Sandalath's connection to that? Was she on that ship? Was she the captain of it? We know there's a connection because that's why Fade tried to kill her is because Fade's parents are some two of the heads on the ship. Mm. And she's upset with Sandalath. But I'm trying to figure out <laughs> what the like what Sandalath did to upset her. You know what I mean? Like what was her role in leading the salon to that fate? Do we know that yet? Mm. Um, I feel like you kind of have a good idea. It seems like she was probably like the captain of her or something. And then, but she died. You know what I mean? Like she was dead and then was brought back to life, you know, over on that island. Right. Mm. By mail. By mail. Yeah. Yeah. I have to, I have to, I have to be honest with you. I feel like you just, maybe, I don't know. I, 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 this is all part of stuff. I don't feel like I personally have a great image on. So I, okay. mm. All right. That's fine. That's fine. I'm not being obscure. This is just kind of a vague section of the book for you. I got you. All right. So we got that getting done. And then the Manders like, I'm going to stay here with the shake and the shake. You're like, we should keep the Andy, which really feels like a convenient way to never revisit them. And I hope that is not the case. But I do you guys have any. Can you imagine any way in which they are relevant in the story again? Who? Sandalith and I, the, Whistle? The, the shake, the, no, the shake and uh, Namander who are all staying on this island. No, I just don't understand how I, we would why we would ever come back to a POV here. Yeah, I I mean, they're pretty removed, right? Unless we see like Twilight's like, I don't know, crowning ceremony or some yeah. shit like I, I don't know. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I, I they're they're pretty removed. I mean, now being on the islands with all the boats having left, they're pretty removed from any conflict. Exactly. Which is why I really worry that we're going to have very little left of them, which I would make me sad because I've liked I've liked the shake stuff. Pete? Josh, do you mean in this book or in the total series? Total series, <laughs> because that's. Oh. 
that's the problem is that Sandalith has some connection to the Salanta that Fade knows. Yeah. And that is what is upsetting. Her. So wait, Josh, you think we're not going to see the shake for the rest of the series? Oh, that's oh, is that what your question was, Peter? Or your question about Sandalith? Oh, I meant about the I guess both maybe. Oh, OK. I don't know. I, I just worry we're not going to have a lot of shake the rest of the series, I guess, because they're just kind of on an island now with no boats. But I guess we could come back there. I don't know. I feel like I feel like uh, Taste Andy uh, descendant witches are going to be a pretty big deal at some point. That's true. They do have those crones. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to see. We'll have to see that. Yeah. Good call. Good call. I don't know. Keeping it going. We get on the Malazan ships. There's soldier stuff. We don't need to spend much time on it. A lot of leering at, uh, what's her face? Masana, Masani Gali. Masan Galani. Masan Galani. Thank you. A lot of leering at her. A lot of Kylie and poor stuff. Maybe, maybe Crump is like actually a genius or like a really talented magician. Who fucking knows? Of course. But that's like, I love it. I love it. We don't need to spend time on it. Well, we already knew he was a bold brother. So I don't know why we're bringing it up again. But like every yeah, but like everyone can claim to be a fucking bowl brother, you know, or claim to yeah, be this true. or that with them. So over on the mainland, the eater and the theory are getting ready, but also they hate each other and they're just be, they're continuing to be. It's the pettiest shit with them. The like giving one the ability to order the other out of their spot. You know what I mean? Like that's the kind of petty shit that's going to lead to them getting killed. <laughs> so can't wait for that. Uh, and then we get to Janeth. I know I'm breezing through stuff, but I wanted to get to Janeth down in the pits, in the cells. Do we think she makes it out of this book without terrible things happening? Oof. Because it's a pretty grim situation she is in. Yeah. Any thoughts? What is her point? That's kind uh, of what I I get to. So probably, probably not. Her point is probably to, to charge up somebody's um, revenge. So yeah. I'm, I'm calling her, I'm, I'm calling her dead. I don't know. I, I, I think Indy, I think you could be right. I think she could just be the revenge of somebody, I could, which would suck. You know, I hope she gets out. But like, I mean, to pivot a little bit, the bigger question is, as she points out, and as is, as is confirmed later, Teho is going to be sent to the drownings. Mm-hmm. How how does he make it out of that without bug slash mail? Well, right. it is water. It is water, but mail's stuck in a temple. Yeah, trapped. I have a thought, but I want to hear if either of you two have any ideas of how he could get out of that situation. If you know, because it's the we're getting towards in this book, it's going to happen soon. Yeah, I feel like Tahol is going to be drowning. Male is going to sense it, but not be able to do anything. So he's going to have no choice but to give in to the people worshiping him to save Tahol's life. But then he will be at the whim of his worshippers who are fucking crazy. Mm. And then he is going to become the villain. Ooh, that'd be such a fucking twist. Save your friend, but become the villain. Yeah, Why would I feel he like that. The villain, because okay. his we, we've we've talked throughout this book about how male has has generate like all of these these cultists have have like risen up in the name of male since since midnight tides, and they're like we've gotten glimpses of or or, or like little asides of people being like, wow, those male worshippers are fucking nuts. Like they they because they believe that the sea is indifferent. And that it will just kill indiscriminately because it is the sea and it is like all powerful. So if and and I think Bug at one point is like, oh, man, I, that's that's fucked. Up. That's fucked. I can't listen to my worshippers. They're they're wild. So I feel like he's going to if if because now that he's trapped in this, whatever it is, the the thing, mm-hmm. uh, I can't think of the word for it. Like a shrine or something. Shrine. Thank you. Yeah. He's trapped in the shrine. Like, I feel like his only way out is going to be like via his worshippers and then he will be at their whim. 
because mm-hmm. we've seen through the errant and feather witch like how powerful worshippers can be yeah you know so i don't know i feel like it's just been it's been getting teased throughout this book i feel uh and that by the end mail or a uh, bug is going to end up evil or something i, I it would yeah. i really wonder if maybe shirkalal is able to save him you know since she can just exist underwater indefinitely i think it'd be i wonder yeah. if she'd be able to just like pop down there cut all of his weights off and just boom yeah i mean we've got oblala too he got Oblala Tehel has Tehel has powerful friends he does you know? yeah i just but thought it's just a matter be, of where they are since since Strickland's about to sail into the city right. at the head of an invasion force i was like that's a pretty easy way for her to be there yeah yeah all right, but we'll see. I I think my gut says Teho makes it out. I don't think he dies this book. Yeah, I don't think so. I would like Teho to make it out. Yes. Okay, good. All right. And now we get to Sorry, sorry, really quick. We 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 skipped past the shirk on the froth wolf, um, which I don't think is like a, a super I didn't interesting yeah, that, I just kinda yeah, yeah, go for it. But there's a part where she talks about her uncle disappearing on a Mecro city that disappeared in an ice storm. Yeah, which um, is definitely the one that we've seen, right? The one that we see. The Mecro in, City, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm thinking. But then, like, who is her uncle? Oh, I don't think it's important. I think. <sighs> well, oh, I don't... fuck. I didn't even catch the Alal thing you're saying. Oh, uh, yeah. Hmm. But like, yeah, I just don't know. I don't know what the connection there would be, though. <laughs> like, Rude is Shirk's uncle. But how? <laughs> I know, it can't be. It can't be. <laughs> I don't know. But I, there's it's, just yeah, been like yeah, there yeah, was yeah. some Mecro City talk and we've got the the Alal drop also so i feel like that's got to be relevant somewhere and the ice storm that was that's how the mecro city disappeared was in an ice storm and there was just Uh, an ice storm around second maiden fort which is also where shirk was so maybe she's kind of cursed or something if there was some loopy time shit i'm gonna be a little annoyed i'm sure there's gonna be some loopy time shit there has to be i I, i'm fully convinced that this book is one big circle oh my god i would hate that sorry (laughs) all right we're moving past that because i would be pissed anyway We are in the end game here. We are at the challenges. Some of my favorite scenes of the whole book so far. Samar and Karsa, they've got their whole little will they, won't they? India, should they? Oh, absolutely. 100% they should. Really? 100% they should. Love it. You see how gross that dude's feet are? <laughs> Have you seen my feet? Is that something to hold against a man? I don't know. I, I mean, uh, maybe. Josh, what's the what's the what's the bottom of your bed look like? Like, is there is you got gross feet stains down there? I look what happens. What happens between a man and his bed is no one's business but his own. <laughs> I thought you were going to say a man and his feet. Josh, maybe it's a <laughs> maybe it's a, a, a private matter. But when you're talking about romantic partners and banging people, then maybe it is also their matter. You know, I suppose. <laughs> I suppose. <laughs> so so the answer is they should anyway. Uh, <laughs> and then he reveals he or he. <sighs> Kars is always knowing shit, and he's revealing that they're going to have to do some spirit stuff. What do you think? Any thoughts, AJ, on uh, what that spirit stuff might be? I missed that part. Yeah, he, he tells her that uh, his spirits are eager for what they must do, and he tells her, when the time comes, I will give you a signal, and you need to be ready to unleash all of your spirits to unchain them or whatever he says. Oh, interesting. Yeah, so there's something going to happen there. Pretty exciting. So, so Karsa said that to, to, to Samar. Yep. Hmm. Interesting. I, I just, I guess when I read that, assumed it was just more like Karsa chain talk. No, no, there's some spirit. Shit <laughs> That's about like to literal. Happen. Yeah. I'm excited for, uh, there's a Veed and senior assessor thing. Eh, uh, they've, they've kind of fallen by the wayside. <laughs> Pete, how do you feel about those characters? Tara like Veed and the senior assessor. Well, what do you want me to say? 
I, I don't know. I'm trying to find a. I'm trying to use you, man. You're you're just sitting over there. I don't really have. I'm not good at involving you in the conversation. Well, I'll tell you this. I hadn't eaten mozzarella sticks in a while, so I thought I'd treat myself to them today. And I ate twelve, oh, and no, it was a huge twelve? mistake. Twelve. Twelve. <laughs> you had twelve mozzarella sticks. It was a huge mistake. That's a, uh, that's a lot for like if you if you regularly eat mozzarella sticks, twelve is still a lot. That's so, 12 string cheeses. I just don't know why I keep doing this to myself. It was a real mistake, <laughs> yes. and my body hurts. You were on vacation mode, baby. Yeah, yeah that. but that you, you can't eat this many mozzarella sticks. It's a crime. So that, I, guess <laughs> that's, I guess that's what I think about Terralac Veed. Um, All right. I understood. <laughs> Terralac Veed is the 12 mozzarella sticks of this book. Oh, God. <laughs> what, a, what a descriptor. <laughs> So, so then we get into, we get to actually see Rulad in action and our little boy Rulad is a fucking stone cold killer in his first match. He literally chops his opponent's arms off within the first five seconds. Brutal. And he's, he's very, he's thinking very clearly. I just really, I, I just want to say I really enjoyed Rulad in this scene and there is part, there's, there's a part of me that would still love a redemption for him. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think his redemption is going to be letting someone like strike the yeah. final blow. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Exactly. I, I'm excited for that. Although there is that seed when he's when he thinks about the uh, all of his encroaching enemies, there's that seed where he's just like, well, let's just let him burn it down and start again. And that I, I don't love that. But I do understand the Letheri Empire sucks shit. Sure. But which. Oh, and, you know, something we skipped earlier that I do want to bring up. Is there is a it is it is discussed that uh the fake alliance of Eastern nations that they that oh, um, yeah. factor used as his uh reasoning for stealing land from the all constantly uh is now real. How do you think that's gonna factor in it? Manifested it into reality, baby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean it's not gonna be good. I like uh for for the for the Lothari. I I like I'm really hoping that fucking Turidal Brizad ends up like on a spit at the end of this book, oh, God, please. which I guess, you know, isn't like the, the pacifist answer that Pete would probably like. But I feel like uh, I feel like this dude's got some comeuppance and yes, I feel like all at the end of the book, it's going to be like, oh, no, all of my plans actually are backfiring all at once. Ah, and then he's going to, you know, we can only know. hope. <laughs> so India my final question for you about these challenges is, do you think Icarium will even get the opportunity to fight <laughs> Rulad, or is Karsa going to do the deed? Um, I don't really know. Are they allowed to stop fighting, or they have to fight to the death? Theoretically, they have to fight to the death, but I do yeah, that's kinda baked believe Karsa will put, you know, he will be the first one to really challenge Rulad this way, so who knows? So what you're telling me, is that are are you asking me if Carsa is going to die? Yes. Do you think Carsa mm. or do you think he succeeds? Oh, that's a really hard question. I really don't want Carsa to die. So I feel like also like how could he? Well, Rulet actually has grown very good at fighting. He's, he's really good. Yeah. Yeah. So do you do you think there's a third option where the fight? Are you, are you saying you think that there's a third option where the fight does not end with either of them dying and Arcarium gets to fight him? I don't know what I'm saying. That's a tough fucking question. I feel like Icarium, like, we always hear that he's a badass, but never get to see it. And I just don't know why we would now. So I mean, we've got to see it before. Let the record when? show. He fights Carso. Well, he almost fights Carso before. He fights but, Troll and all those people. Yeah, he, yeah, fights, he fought he, Troll and Quick Ben in that Warren. 
Yeah. Did By they the die though? The, th- a lot the of thing died. I will agree is a lot of the time when Aquarium goes to fight, it like cuts to black in a way. It's not like yeah, you, it's you don't often get to see like the swing by swing thing. But I mean, he's definitely. Well, I don't know. Like, we got that POV. We got a POV from somebody that Aquarium killed, didn't we? That was pretty brutal. That was Did brutal. Yeah. I'm just comparing it to some other like I don't know. We often see Carsa fight people blow by blow, so I guess that that's just my comparison. Ah, fair enough. Like destroying a city. Yeah. Yeah. But mm-hmm. that's what I mean. That's what I want to see from Macarium. And I just really have it. That's what you want. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what I want. I'm just going to be honest. That's what I want. I love it. I think I don't know what I think. I don't think their fight's going to happen. I think that or maybe 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 because fucking <clears throat> Rulad said that he's like low key ready. I feel like to be done with this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he said mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. So maybe. Cars is gonna be the yeah you know I just don't think he's gonna fight a carryum and I don't think Cars is gonna die so it has to be Carsa. Mm. All right, yeah. there we go. That's the prediction. That leads us to our last section: Featherwitch and Errant talking. Kind of a lackluster way to end a chapter, in my opinion. But you know, mm-hmm. really though, I think it. I think it sets up Featherwitch as being like fully villainous and the Errant being pretty fucking complicit in her actions. Do you where I mean India, you you have been a staunch feather witch defender, it feels like. Do you do you still feel as though you can defend her actions in this point? Yes. All right. I free choice is for the victors. What? <laughs> That's what she says. She says removing freedom of choice is the oh, fastest oh. way to get them to do what you want. So that she's like fully, <laughs> you know, that's that's where she is headed. Jeez. Uh, She's had a tough time. Do you feel like she could be corrupted by the chained god, the crippled god? Because the stuff she's saying is pretty crippled godish. Although maybe not, though. He is more about freedoms. He's just kind of fucked about it. Yeah, I don't know. I take it back. Yeah, I don't know if. Yeah, I feel like I feel like the crippled god is looking at her like, whoa. (laughs) Yeah, kind of. Yeah, I get that. Um, I don't know. Not for any particular reason. I just think that's kind of a funny image. But uh, I like the 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 line here where uh, the errant is trying to convince her like, no, like, let them make the choice on their own. And he says, the shake have a saying open to them, your hands to the shore. Watch them walk into the sea. Oh, uh, yeah. Which I just thought was a really good saying uh, a, a good. Yeah, a good saying, because uh, like you ever try and tell somebody to do something, mm-hmm. it never works. <laughs> Never works out. But yeah, not 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 in the context of the book or anything. I just think it's a it's a fun quote. It's it's pretty solid. And that does it for this chapter. I suppose all that's left is to wrap up and maybe do. We've done a lot of predictions this episode. I don't think we need a prediction corner. Any uh, any final thoughts on these chapters? Pete, you want um, to start us off? Yeah, I think I'm uh always very predictable i feel like at the start of each book i'm like man this book's so much better than i remembered and then during the middle of the book i'm like yeah i don't know whatever and then i get to the end of the book and i'm like oh yeah this book's good so uh i feel like i have the same arc and once again i'm in having a good time reading the book looking forward to finishing the book and talking about it with you guys so nice nice india aj any any final thoughts for us today as we get toward the end, I'm really looking forward to things actually happening. I don't feel like anything has happened. I know you guys like these chapters, but really, we're just setting up for something, and I don't know what it's going to be, and I'd like to get there because, honestly, I'm bored. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I get that. I really want Karsa to get the shit beat out of him. I just want yeah. him to get beat up so that he can be like, oh, I can get beat up. 
like, I don't know. I, I just, I, I just, I, I want the man to be shown that he has limits. You, you want know? him to be humbled. Because I want him to be humbled, which I guess is kind of a silly thing to say. No, it's not. No, that's fine. I don't know. I, 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 I guess just like real life AJ is like, I never, I don't want somebody, I don't actually want a person to get beat the shit out of, but Carson Orlong, I do. If this yeah. is a fantasy world, AJ, yeah. say what you please. I said, um, I want a car. I'm to destroy a city. And I meant it. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I just I, I think he needs to be humbled in some way for him to remain interesting for the rest of these books for me, because if he just keeps being like, I'm so cool, look at me, do what you think I can't do. Like, I'm kind of getting tired of that. So I don't know. I, I want something to kind of mix it up a little bit, you know, and the fact that he has a whole army coming to his aid rather soon, like is just going to make him even more insufferable. <laughs> so I, Yeah, I, I do get that. I do get that. He needs to be humbled before that moment happens where he is the one in charge. Yeah, that's fair. But I don't know if we're going to get it. No, him and Saren are going to get married. I mean, oh. Sa- Samar. I was like, him and Saren? Right. That's, that's a fucking called shot, India. No, those are, oh my God, my cat is so... Yeah. Um, and then I just want to do one closing thought. <sighs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Everyone with a pet, I want you to just think about the fact that you have a tiny wild animal living in your home. <laughs> <laughs> wow Fair. Ow, that's it as she gets bitten <laughs> all right that will do it for us today here at 10 very big books remember uh, aj you do a whole spiel at the end right i do a spiel at the end all right i'm not gonna do a spiel here right. uh it is i don't know what i was gonna say there goodbye <laughs> see you all right bye everybody bye guys love ya Hello, everybody. Producer AJ here for the first time in a while. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the podcast and happy 2022. Uh, We hope you are as excited as we are uh, about the fact that we're getting to book nine around the end of this year, uh, which means the end is in sight. Uh, If you'd like to give us your thoughts or feelings about that, about this episode, about any of our episodes, you can always email us 10verybigbooks at gmail.com, tweet us at 10verybigbooks, or you can head on over to our Discord, bit.ly slash VBB Discord, that's capital V, capital B, capital B, capital D, Discord. That link will also be in the show notes. Thank you to all of our wonderful patrons over on Patreon. If you'd like to financially support the show, you can head on over to patreon.com slash 10verybigbooks. That link will also be in the show notes. And... As always, thank you so very much to Dan Gesrick for making our spectacular cover art. You can follow him on Twitter at A underscore W underscore Dan G for January 12th's Wordle. And of course, the wonderful music in today's episode, including the remixed intro and outro track, is by the one, the only Amaranthan from their album Simulant Rain, which you can find along with their other music, including a single of the remix show theme on Bandcamp.com. Links to their pages will be in the show notes and 10 very big books will be back in two weeks on January 20th. 28th, where we'll be discussing Reaper's Gale chapters 21 and 22, hosted by me. Uh, we'll talk to you then, and thank you so much for listening. <laughs>